0: We're back baby. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to Much to Discuss, a weekly conversation between the bright, beautiful, and charming Kelly O'Shea and me, Jeff Swan, tackling the culture, content, news, and topics we're absorbing this week. Kel, how have you been? I've
1: missed you. I have missed you so much. I'm so thrilled to see you. I've been good. My ceiling is fixed. There's no longer a good example in it. Huge news. It's absolutely freezing in New York, but I feel like I'm maybe adjusting to like a Nordic lifestyle. I'm kind of enjoying it.
0: (laughs) I love there's like two days of freezing temperatures and you're like, I'm practically Nordic.
1: Honestly, every day I've walked outside, I've been like, think of the health benefits of the cold. The cold air hitting my face is like free Botox.
0: (laughs) Freezing you in place.
1: Yeah. If only I had water, I could swim in, do like a cold plunge or something.
0: Next minute, you're going to be in the river, the Hudson.
1: Yeah, like the crazy people they're talking about swimming in the Hudson. I'm like, uh uh-oh.
0: Yeah, you're going to be on the news reporting being like, I only lost one of my toes this winter.
1: (laughs) Uh, Um, How are you doing?
0: Really good. We are two and a bit weeks away from moving down to Melbourne into an apartment, which is incredibly exciting. I can't wait. So ready to have our own space again but yeah we had a really fun time down in melbourne for the holidays we drove all the way down because we had our little fur baby with us
1: how is that boy
0: he's a little cutie he looks like a cartoon character at the moment he's just in that really cute phase where their eyes are really big and their heads kind of like he looks like a bobblehead we've started calling him blockhead because he's got such a little body but he's got a big head which is very cute and i feel like i always promise photos of ernie and i'll actually deliver them at some point but He made some best friends while we were down there. Our really good friends, one of my closest friends in the world, they have a dog, a border collie, Billy. And Ernie and Billy spent a lot of time together. Ernie was stealing her bone and then getting in her bed. So we need to work on that because <laughs> even though he's like so submissive, he's really cheeky, but it yes. was really nice to be down there and stay with friends, family, kind of along the way. It blew. The time went so fast. I don't know how we're in the mid to late part of January already. Right. Yeah. Part years done 2024's <laughs> out had a birthday in there very low-key one trending into my 30s these kind are good they are i'm all about the 30s it's been a stellar year really exciting conversations going on from a work standpoint still doing a lot of work in the conservation space which i love they're the headline
1: okay obsessed do you make any resolutions
0: ours was to create traditions new traditions and i'm very excited to do that seb's really cute he wants to start creating a care package for people when they come and stay with us have like a bag of like his (laughs) face moisturizes uh what you should do in melbourne vibe so kelly i think he's marketing that toward you but yeah it's like creating some traditions and things we customs I suppose as a little family unit and starting the big kind of Australian chapter fully is on us and I think it's just kind of keeping the good habits that we've been developing moving forward therapy is a big one self-discovery all that good stuff you know it's probably more of that what about you what are your I feel like we talked about this before we went off air the resolutions
1: yeah we might have my big two are one being more direct Hell yeah. So that'll be a work in progress for me. How is, it, how is it going? Is it really uncomfortable, or what is it making you feel? Incredibly uncomfortable. I think me and <laughs> me and our therapist have talked a little bit just about how it doesn't really normally process in my mind. There's going to be a multi-step process, I think, to me figuring out how to I mean, speak in distance what I want or need. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes sense. though. I mean, it's a, like a behavioral change that takes time, developing neuro pathways to help do yeah, that. Totally. How fun! There's a book later that we listen to audiobook so don't come for me but I feel like it could actually really help on the journey just like frame things out in your mind so I guess that's a teaser for what comes later
1: okay pumped love that and then my second one is just to send it with everything like commit to Wait. what I'm doing be present in the moment and when I like doing something just go all out for it
0: did you say like send it yeah that's, send it. that's so good I love yeah. the whole like vibe of that yeah oh. I feel
1: like it's like 2010s vibe
0: it is <laughs> it's like early thousands like full send it yeah that's so good
1: yeah it'll be a good year i have good feelings good vibes
0: yay we can take that and run what else do you have to share
1: you know i took some notes on things that i wanted to talk to you about or when you popped into my mind oh okay here were the things i thought about there were a number of things that i almost bought but decided not to because i had a little voice in my head that sounded mysteriously like you yes (laughs) One of them was a $300 unlimited movie subscription. (laughs) My head is
0: in my hands just to play that out loud.
1: But I will say I've gone to the movies so much in the last four weeks that it already would have, it would have paid for itself for up until this month, not for the full $300.
0: Oh, so this is like actually going to the cinema's movie subscription. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To the movie theater. I
0: guess my advice would be like figure out how many movies you'd have to go to per year to make it cost effective. And then if you think you can meet that threshold, then go ahead and do it.
1: It's at least two a month.
0: You go to two. What does it cost in New York?
1: Like 20 bucks.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, (laughs) you might have to do the math on it. (laughs) The actual, like, disdain. Yeah, if you go twice a month, it's like $480. So if you're going to keep going. I do, though, think winter is probably not a normalized month for how often you would go to the theaters. Just something to keep in the back of your noggin.
1: No, that's a good point. The other one, when you popped into my head, but I did buy it anyway, was a $17 pen at the airport. Oh, What was the pen? I will say it's actually one of the worst pens I've ever used in my entire life. Like it's like this purple, not a fountain pen, it's like a regular bobby top where you just, you know. What? Yeah.
0: Was it because it reminded you of the trip or like you needed a pen and you spent $17 on a pen? The latter. Oh gosh.
1: They rung it up and I was like, now I'm in.
0: Oh my. You have to know that if I was standing next to you, I'd be like, no, we won't be buying the $17 pen. Yeah. Here's a yeah. free
1: one from my backpack. Yeah. And then the other thing that made me think of you was that I was on my Spotify recently because my sister told me that if you look up day list in your Spotify, it gives you a personalized playlist for that time of day and that day of the week. So you can get something like this afternoon. I got one that said 20th century timeless, which is very random, but like it'll cater whatever you're listening to and like a playlist to that time of day based on what you typically listen to. Yesterday, (laughs) yesterday (laughs) morning, my playlist and that was this was the first one i looked up said tailspin crying tuesday afternoon you listened you listened to angst and breakdown on tuesday afternoons here's some crying heartbroken emotional and devastating music to listen to today oh my gosh. Yeah, I told (laughs) you immediately it was amazing.
0: How did you feel to be called out by Spotify? They're like, oh, Tuesday afternoons is when you like to emotionally cut (laughs) and listen to depressing music. So here you go.
1: No, I literally was like, raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Spotify.
0: oh my gosh wait can you please start keeping a diary log of like what you get at different times of the day
1: hundred percent yeah
0: oh my goodness people let us know if you would get sent a similar thing mine would be like here is the murder podcast you like to listen to to go to sleep at night
1: i know please follow up and look up Daylist on your spotify and let me know what comes up because i will that's so good
0: okay well we've been waffling on for a minute i guess we should probably get into the content of it all and before we do that some feedback from some family members of mine have been they love the pod. What they don't love is that we disappear on them sometime. And so with that, we will do a better job of communicating and hitting timelines and we will post on socials if and when we don't so I hear you I listen to podcasts and I get cruelly pissed off if they don't drop when I expect <laughs> them to so bear with us through the growing pains we do this out of the love of love of the game love of the pod but we do want to make it high quality and reliable this year our word of the year from a pod perspective could be consistency Ooh, help. well
1: what and maybe massive fame
0: <laughs> fame and money <laughs>
1: wholesome
0: wholesome, and true to our value system you're like dollar value <laughs> so we will work on all those things and i think as normal we do some pop culture some news topics that are keeping us interested and engaged and then of course our recommendations it's not really even content anymore it's gone so beyond the pale on that but tell us if you're actually liking them and what you value us talking about from a rec perspective I mean, no better. Kelly, tell me what's been going on in pop culture. Yes.
1: The first thing that I have for you this week in pop culture is that the Emmys happened this week. They were delayed from last year. So that's probably why you're feeling like awards shows are happening every other second over the next couple of weeks.
0: To be fair, I feel like that all the time. I'm like, didn't this just happen?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like my favorite season though, because we see our favorite celebrities so much. And you're typically seeing people that you've been seeing all year in your favorite TV shows and movies too. So there's always the darlings of the season, there's so much information coming out, just so much fun, you know? Like we need this in the winter. Winter for you. Yeah. I guess summer is kind of a hard time for award season for you. Do you watch is-
0: them? Cal? let's be honest. There would have to be nothing else available in the world for me to tune into an award season. So I'm the wrong audience to ask, though I do like seeing the still photos of their outfits.
1: Okay, that's enough. I can give you the recap of the big moments. Yep, give me with that. So the big wins from the Emmys, which mirrored a lot of the Golden Globes, was that there were big wins for Succession, The Bear, and Beef. Have you watched any of these? Beef is on the list to start next. Okay. So the weirdest part about... <laughs> some of these shows when I was reading some of the critiques too is that The Bear really does not fit into the comedy category and also Beef won for limited series but they're already talking about season two. So it's kind of like they're shoehorning some of the best shows into award categories which I guess they probably always do but just a little sus. Let's put all of them in the right categories and then truly pick one winner, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, if you're going to have categories oblige by them.
1: Yeah. And then Better Call Saul won nothing which was a big surprise to a lot of people. I think it was in its sixth season and it has not won a single award after I think it was like 50s of nominations it's had over the years and it hasn't gotten a thing.
0: That's so sad. I mean, that's a spin-off of the Breaking Bad series. And Soul was always one of my favorite characters in the original. I've not watched Better Call Soul, but I feel like it's always quite well regarded by people.
1: Totally. And then Iowa Debris is having such a moment and is sweeping at award season. And I recently discovered her letterboxed account. Have you heard of Letterboxd? No. Okay, so it's essentially the Goodreads of movie review apps, but the reviews are very like Reddit core.
0: Wait, and can I clarify? She wore that really sick like checkered dress, like it was blue and brown. That was her. Yeah, one of my favorite looks from the red carpet, or whatever color the
1: carpet was. I don't even know if it was red. All of her reviews are public, so she'll review movies. And they asked her about it at the Emmys, and they were like, "How do you feel about reaching some level game?" On Letterboxd, and she was like, anything that I write on Letterboxd, I would say to someone's face as well. And like, I respect movies. I respect everything that goes into them. But like, I'm a comedian and it's funny and fun. And like, I do my own movies too. And she was like, and my dad has a Letterboxd account. So go check him out as well. That's so good. <laughs> have you gone cool? and looked at her dad? I haven't looked at her dad's yet, but I've heard it's really good. So I have to take a look. Obsessed. But it's just so fun. Like, I feel like whenever there's a younger actress that's really reaching peak fame with her and Renee Rapp right now, I just feel like they are running circles around everybody else and it's being authentic of themselves. I love that. More of that. The second story I have for you in pop culture is that the UK's Advertising Standards Authority has banned a Calvin Klein ad featuring musical artist FK Twigs deeming it inappropriate because the images composition placed viewers focus on the model's body rather than on the clothing being advertised. It was a photo of her with essentially a shirt that was draped over her but you could see some side boob and like a lot of leg. And now it's being compared to the set of ads that have gone viral featuring Jeremy Allen White for Calvin It's going to be like, his penis is effectively <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. Where he, some of the criticism that's coming out around Jeremy Allen White's in comparison to FK Twigs is just his are debatably more sexual. The photo of her, she looked like a really strong woman who just was partially covered.
0: I mean, I just Googled the photo. She just yeah. looked stunning and fierce. It's not yeah. very... very... Very provocative beyond, obviously, you can see like the side outline of her body. It's not a thirst trap, the same way Jeremy Allen. (laughs) white is yeah it's much more suggestive provocative and thirst trappy which again they're selling undergarments so like are we shocked hasn't this been their marketing strategy
1: forever totally and fk twigs he ended up responding and said which she was so justified in she said i do not see the stereotypical sexual object that they have labeled me i see a beautiful strong woman of color whose incredible body has overcome more pain than you can imagine in light of reviewing other campaigns past and current of this nature i can't help but feel that there are some double standards here. And Get it, girl. That's just like... could not be in more agreement on that. And the big question that critics have said on this is that this agency should really assess what makes a half-nude woman, and especially a half-nude woman of colour, more worthy of censure than a half-nude man. And that is so true. Yeah,
0: and a more nude man. Like, we can see the men's nipples in all these photos. Are there women's true. nipples? No. True. And, oh gosh. Just when you think the world is progressing, more we just have to always backslide a bit yeah can i just say fk twigs is stunning it's annoying like you're like why did you have to do that to her and the campaign and i wholeheartedly agree with her perception of the photo she is just beautiful and strong and a woman of color with an incredible body agree i can't obviously speak to the pain and what she has gone through but i see her as a person not as an object whereas jeremy allen white looks more like an object than a (laughs) person. her photo is just a beautiful photo that represents the brand. Let it be. crazy <laughs> Just let it be. Agreed.
1: Anyway. The third and final story that I have for you is apparently I have entered Ryan Gosling fangirl TikTok because like every other video <laughs> that I get is of him. And Steve Carell and Greta Gerwig were speaking about him as he was honored by the Santa Barbara Film Festival. And Steve Carell told Just a really delightful story about how Ryan Gosling and him, when they were filming Crazy Stupid Love, they were talking about their weekend plans. And Steve Carell was like, "Oh, what are you up to this weekend?" And Ryan was like, "Oh, my band has a gig this weekend, so I'm actually heading there on Friday night." And Steve Carell was like, "Where is it?" And he was like, "Actually, at a senior center in Glendale." And Steve was like, "Most movie stars would tell that story on a talk show and they would get it trending for clout, but Ryan just wanted to make some old people happy." Did and I just, it? yeah, dissolved into tears. I was like, that is. The other videos that I've gotten of Ryan Gosling, it's so nice to see someone who like, really respects their wife, really acknowledges their role in their children's success and upbringing as they are focused on other things in like acting. Yeah. And honestly, just respects women and how important they are in the success of their careers. Like that obviously is really how it should be. But I'm guessing that's why my TikTok algorithm has kept on bringing him up because, (laughs)
0: he really does seem like a kind human and I've talked a lot about be careful of the perceptions we are given on celebrities, but I feel like he's been in the public eye pretty consistently for quite some time. And it's a consistent message of him. Yeah. You know, you don't really hear anything to the contrary. Crazy Stupid Love also is one of the best movies ever. Don't care what anyone says. It's totally agree. but I feel like the charisma and the like the way he's depicted in that movie is like kind of how he is. Yes, Not the playboy totally. part of it necessarily, but just the ability to make like everyone love him. Completely. I've been getting the same clip. So I guess we're aligned on the algorithm.
1: I love when TikToks align. It's like the stars. (laughs) The only other small thing I had for you that was, it turned out it was just a conspiracy theory, but people thought that Taylor Swift had written a spy novel. And wouldn't that have been so crazy if she did? Because remember when I said last year, rewind, that I thought she was going to come out with a video game? Like, spy novel is not that far off if that had been true, which it wasn't.
0: wait so you want credit because you were like i think she's gonna do a video game and in your mind a spy novel is the same thing and it's not actually real
1: yeah i want some acknowledgement. i want some acknowledgement
0: kel (laughs) such impressive ability to see the future in that
1: thanks i just feel like it's kind of a trend spotting talent that's really showcasing me. And who knew? Like 2024 is my year. I'm pretty much telling the future.
0: I, I agree with you on that 2024 is your year. So I think let's end it on a high note. That I do agree with. Well, as always, thank you for enlightening me in pop culture. I really have been under a rock. I did learn a lot. Good, um, And I know you're going to do some heavy lifting in the next piece. So this is where we go into newsworthy topics. And it might be worth saying that we've kind of shifted gears in terms of how we select what we talk about. I think it's fair to say that the hefty news topics are truly covered across really big media organizations who have experienced and tenured journalists who tell compelling stories and are deep experts in certain industries and Subjects That is not us. We try and pick topics that we think are important to talk about, but that also strike a chord and bring them to you. And so we understand that there are huge and big things happening and it's not that we're unaware of them. It's really trying to think about what can we talk about with energy and excitement and what might not be front of mind based on everything else happening. How would you add anything to that?
1: No, that was genuinely so perfectly said that I have nothing to add. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that being said, let me hand it over to kelly who's going to do our first kind of deeper
1: news topic of this week so the first article that i saw that i was really interested in and that I feel like I don't see very much about was an article called The Secret to Living Longer Starts with Menopause. And the background of this was that scientists recently were studying AMH, which stands for anti-malarian hormone and helps regulate the development of eggs in women. And they were looking to see if AMH can help treat ovarian cancer and ended up finding that AMH might be able to slow the aging of the reproductive system in women, meaning that it would both extend fertility and push back menopause.
0: So, okay. The headline was misleading because I was like, wait, so getting menopause means we're going to live longer? I'm like, interesting. (laughs) I was like, that's kind of counterintuitive, but it's actually the opposite of that. Okay.
1: Yeah, completely. Specifically the AMH hormone and how that can push off menopause.
0: This makes me think about, it arcs back to a conversation we had last year around how girls are getting their periods earlier, how that feels counterintuitive to really how we think evolution should be happening in female... Bodies in yeah. we want to have children later, societally at thirteen, that's not exactly the best time to become right. a parent. Why are we getting our periods earlier? Interesting to think that there's a hormone that can actually shift us probably further along to where we yeah. want to be from an evolution perspective.
1: What's interesting about the reproductive system, which is a combination of what I learned from this article and also what I learned from my egg freezing doctor, who Steph had the absolute pleasure of meeting.
0: Literally but... another love of our life. We just no amazing badass female doctors and experts.
1: Yeah. My egg freezing doctor, Keitha Fisher, had told me when I went in for my first consultation that our reproductive systems and specifically our ovaries age much faster than the rest of our bodies. So even if you are someone who's super fit and very healthy and doing all the things you can to do like anti aging and you look amazing on the outside, it gives no clue to what's happening with your ovaries. And like the only way they can tell how your ovaries, are aging and like how many eggs you have and fertility in general is through a series of tests and such women are born with a certain number of eggs and then once you're out of them, you start to approach menopause essentially.
0: There you have it. That's really depressing information, but great to know. I'd never heard that. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense. I guess that's why you go through menopause. What is really a young age for how long our life expectancy is these days? Actually, does this article talk at all about what is the average age when menopause starts for women?
1: I think around 51 and typically the later in life that you go through menopause, the better quality of life you have and the longer you live. And menopause has major changes on your body overall, which I actually did not realize at all. Yep
0: it's like pretty epic it's like women keep having different cycles of huge changes within our bodies and menopause and like perimenopause is something i've heard more and more about it significantly changes the composition of your hormones and therefore how you feel and function etc in the world colloquially i know that it's when the change is taking place it can be really challenging even things like brain fog fatigue a bunch of things that are sometimes debilitating
1: We just don't talk about it that frequently or in women's health very much growing up, obviously never heard of menopause. I feel like at some point in time, you just start getting symptoms and then are going into your doctor and they're like, oh, you're hitting menopause, push a pamphlet across the desk and that's it. But to your point about some of the symptoms that come up, it's impacting reproduction, bone mass, blood sugar, brain function, cholesterol, and you can get hot flashes, weight gain, mood changes, a marked increase in health risks, including heart disease, osteoporosis, and and dementia.
0: Wow, what a what a fun time. Yeah.
1: Is, so. so we currently have no pill or treatment for when this starts happening. But essentially, in this study, the follicles that you have, which are the fluid-filled sacs that contain a developing egg, when they grow and mature and then die, the AMH which you produce naturally in your body as a woman, when they did gene therapy with the AMH, it appeared to result in some sort of arrested development. So these follicles looked tiny instead of mature, and the cycle of growth and death had been halted, which left the pool of potential future eggs intact and almost returned them to their newborn state. So yeah, crazy.
0: So what does that actually mean?
1: So they'll have to do a large, large amount of studies on this. That just means that AMH could potentially in the future impact how long you're fertile if they're able to adjust yeah. it so that it keeps your eggs in it. It just makes it so like the eggs aren't ready to be released yet until they're like called for. So it doesn't actually impact the number of eggs. It just kind of returns Okay, their fine state. Because when follicles and eggs, when they mature, that means that they're maturing, growing, and then dying.
0: Wow. Could be a huge frontier for women's health.
1: Yeah. So very interesting, and the reason why it's coming up right now in general is because there's been an interest in longevity research, and that's been a trend across the board, regardless of gender. And then specifically, women's health has made huge strides. And I had a quote in here from the article, which I thought was kind of crazy. That was long-standing gender bias in medicine has left female reproductive systems woefully understudied in the u.s it's been a requirement to include women in clinical trials since only 1993
0: yep. yeah It's a very depressing reality it's something like they only started testing period products with actual blood in this last year yeah they were using water and like dyed
1: water it's wild I feel like there are a couple things that I'm kind of taking away from it but the first one is menopause right now just feels like such a taboo topic with women that I know in circles that are older and I want to talk to them about it
0: oh yeah for sure I think it's one of those things like you read that list of like what occurs and it sounds brutal and I can imagine that could be so isolating and if you have the pleasure of living long enough to kind of experience this you want to feel like you're supported and not alone because i've in my own cycle when you go through shifts because of your hormones sometimes you feel it leaves you feeling just so confused about your own emotional state more than anything else and i feel like the more we talk about it the more you can understand it the more you can be supported the more you can have empathy for yourself and others totally
1: and I'm like, I feel like we've talked about mm-hmm. with, but just women's health in general, I feel like I need to be asking my doctors 10 times more questions and doing my oh, yeah. own research about everything because symptoms show up so differently in women across the board. That advocacy piece just feels so important.
0: For sure. And it actually reminds me that I need to reach out to someone who's going to put me in a touch with a really good, like integrated female GP because all that stuff's so important. And I think too i am trying to be better about personally paying attention because i think because we have our cycles and you know any given day we kind of wake up and feel differently because we're in a different phase it means that like sometimes i've missed signals that like things aren't okay Because I've just put it down to being like, okay, must be in this window. I'm feeling fatigued, tired and irritable because I must be getting my period next week. Yeah, I feel like it's so important to have experts who can help you better understand expectations and what is right or wrong and that you can trust and they will advocate for you as much as you need to help advocate for yourself. So that's a good reminder for me.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: I feel like that's a great topic and I don't know why I guess we're talking about fertility and birth as a general theme in this news topic because the article I'm bringing to you is one that I saw in the times and i've been somewhat interested in this topic for some time because there's a real like economic component of this and so the article was titled can china reverse its population decline just ask sweden wealthy countries have been trying to boost their birth rates for decades and the results have been pretty similar in that it is very difficult to do. China specifically, their population has begun to decline. A demographic turning point for the country has global implications. And this moment has been long anticipated, but it arrived in 2022 several years earlier than expected, which has prompted some economists to look over the long-term impacts given how big China's economy is and its role as the world's manufacturer. Before I jump in any more, Kel, what do you understand about the implications of an aging population? Do you know much about what it means?
1: Not really. I feel like the only thing that is really nailed into my head from living in America is that things like social security and the younger generation paying for older generations retirement or some of those social structures cause issues with the older generations having to work for longer and then the younger generations not being able to support kind of the structures and economies that have been put in place for from like generation before. Yeah,
0: as usual, you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of that. So there's a couple of ways to like understand how the balance of demographics impacts fundamental components of macroeconomic variables mm. and this is really around savings investment ratios inflation and overall economic productivity there is a paper that i was actually reading on this out of GED which is a european organization. They talk about it in a couple of different ways. One of which is the the age-related dampening of macroeconomic labor productivity. So what that really means is what your economy can actually contribute to the world based on output. And as we know, every business around the world depends on the employees and people working within them to provide the good or service that they do. And they talk about how there's like a U-shaped relationship that can normally be expected in that young people are either still in education or the beginning of their Careers, so they usually have like a lower labor productivity with increasing age from there. So that like middle bracket, mm. they gain the knowledge through their experiences that continues to increase, and so the productivity of that worker also increases. So what they can contribute to their local and then macro economies mm-hmm. and they talk about the final part of that you which is the higher age which is where you know your physical and cognitive performances decrease initially this can still be compensated for by experience but over time that decline means that they will leave the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so then they talk about the age-related decline in like the savings ratio. So then again, across these three age groups, you can roughly distinguish their ability to accumulate savings. Young people earn sometimes a little bit of income, but almost no income their ability to make saving is extremely limited for the older workers as they increase in age and work experience their income generally rises and this extends their possibility to accumulate savings then you get into the retirement age where if pension payment pay is lower than that of the work you got when you were income your ability to save for a time and age and their accumulated savings will decrease so This all matters because as inflation rates are rising, which is what is happening, and you're getting a disproportionate amount of people in that higher age bracket, not only does the utility of every dollar they've saved start to go down, purchasing power will decrease over time. Any of the social systems in place that help support retirees aren't getting as much money because there's less activity in the economy overall. It's a really bad kind of combination of those who are at a retirement age are probably now looking at a longer lifespan than ever before. Yeah. The cost of living is continuing to increase. So, what would have been sufficient savings five years ago may not be anymore. That is going to continue to evolve. Then, if you look at the systems in place that subsidize and help support your aging population through economic activities, if there aren't enough people to replace those jobs, you can't have the same output. So, there's less money. go towards everything and so then you end up in a position whereby your workforce can't be as strong and grow and thrive you have more people depending on the funding from that system and then ultimately it falls back on younger generations to do the caretaking maybe physically or financially for the population with an economy as big as china this could have ramifications globally you know think about how much production happens there it's as simple as saying like if you can't staff it then it can't be produced
1: like what do you do
0: countries have tried to throw a lot of pieces at it like australia had a scheme where there are incentives for every child that happened Um, and initially it caused like a rise but again it returns back to that lower level really they're saying that like based on studies there's nothing you can do to reverse the trend you have to effectively throw the kitchen sink at it and make childbearing much more attractive so the other solution is immigration so there's obviously your existing population for every death there's a birth yeah. if it's not a birth for every death there is an immigrant and a new person in those, you know, younger demographics that can come in and contribute to the macro economy. They're kind of two of the solution gaps in terms of fixing the equation, meaning that in China, there are more deaths than there are births and replacement. It's kind of that Thought process, right? And so Sweden is an area that is often cited for increasing fertility rate thanks to government-boosted jumps. What they're doing is they include nine months of paid parental leave. They implement a speed premium, which incentivizes people to have like multiple children within like a set period. Also make sure there is, I think now they've increased parental leave to 16 months as a country, which is among the highest in the world. They have really subsidized childcare. They they really have to start reducing the friction that potential parents face in making the decision in this day and age to have children. And I suppose my question for you is, of course neither of you or I have kids. In considering having kids, what are the parts that scare you that you think like government or infrastructure could help make you feel more comfortable around having children?
1: Oh, so many. My brother's girlfriend is French and hearing about what some of the maternity policies are in France and in Europe in general are so much more appealing and I think would make me so much more willing. Like paid childcare, paid support coming and being able to like help you as you're adjusting, being in the hospital and feeling like you're... taking care of versus them needing beds when you're giving birth. So like your own health as well as the baby's health and paid maternity leave for a set period of time. Like there are some countries that you get a full year and then you can go back and you have a guaranteed position. And I think all of those things are just so and then the education system, like looking further into the child's life, I think those are those are all extremely compelling features.
0: Yeah. I can't not agree with you there. You know, I think barriers to entry to people are Having lived in the U.S. myself, if you don't have health insurance, it can cost you thousands of dollars to have your child in a hospital. Australia has a public system where if you had a child here, you would pay nothing going through a public system. So, like, that obviously is helpful. Childcare is still costly, though. There's subsidies, Mm -hmm. but the extent to which that covers it is... You know, especially in those early years before the child reaches like school age, having public school systems is incredibly important. Not having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, sending your child through school and university or college. Would be incredibly compelling. And I, you know, it always in my mind comes back to like the cost of living crisis. You look at the generations today that are probably in that fertility window, and the cost of them to just run a household is significantly more than the generations before. So I do think it is going to take government subsidizing some of the things we just talked about in healthcare, education, and childcare to help families have children because i think plenty of people are probably making the decision in this day and age not to have kids for financial reasons or to have fewer because of financial reasons and i think i have been in many conversations with people who are like we couldn't have more than two kids there's no way we could afford that and so that is something if this trend is to be taken seriously some of those solutions will need to start being deployed across the world. Yeah. I think on a personal level, it just reminds me it's important to have conversations with my own parents around like, what are their plans and how are they planning for the future? Because I think truly in our generation, a huge gift will be if if you don't need to financially ultimately support your parents in retirement. I think you'll be really lucky because I imagine that that's going to happen more and more because no one expected kind of the cost of living to be where it's at. So it'll be interesting. (laughs) So I guess it links in well to like why we should be investing in women's health and elongating fertility windows because it also helps towards solution for this population, aging population. So
1: true. So true. Great shout, I liked that. Yeah.
0: So we'll link those articles in the notes and yeah, we'd love to hear people's thoughts. So to finish us off, we will move into, I guess, what's rebranded as recommendations. Mostly content, but sometimes we give you some other things in there. Beauty products, apps, other things we're enjoying. I think today we can heavily lean into content because I think Kelly has been gorging on all things
1: content <laughs> throughout yeah. <the> whole thing. <laughs> yeah i mean if my topic earlier about going to the movies so much that i thought i needed a 300 a year movie subscription wasn't speaking for itself i don't know what is
0: yeah And meanwhile, then- i've watched like one movie on netflix in the last like year so my attention span for movies is not good and seven and i have quite different tastes so anytime we try and talk about going to the movies we want to watch completely different ones. And so then we abandoned the idea. Enough about my lack of ability to watch a movie. And why don't you tell us your recent movies? And I think you want to force rank them for us, don't you?
1: I do. Yes. My most recent movies, and this was all over the course of the last week. So they're all very recent were Saltburn, which everyone and their mother is talking about. Have you heard about it? I've heard about it. I
0: haven't watched it.
1: Okay. Saltburn Oppenheimer, which Um, I know I'm late to the game and the new Mean Girls.
0: I really want to watch all these. I haven't watched a single one of them, but yes, keep going.
1: I won't do spoilers. My force ranking is, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, Saltburn, Mean Girls, Oppenheimer on the bottom. Well,
0: Kelly did her hand, like she did the (laughs) stack rank and she put Oppenheimer very low is what I saw. Say more about your rankings.
1: So starting at the bottom, Oppenheimer is so long. I know people talked about that, but I watched the first hour and I genuinely was bored to tears. I had to pause the movie and walk away. And I know that this is probably a very incorrect and inept opinion given how many awards it's winning, blah, blah, blah. It is so boring for the first hour and they could have cut out so much stuff. They need to bring in me to watch the movie ahead of time and be like, you don't need that. Cut to the action. Where's the bomb? Here's
0: my favorite read of that. It wasn't like, bring in someone it was like specifically me but you've touched something, my frustration with major like 90 percent of movies I watch is exactly what you just articulated I'm like you have spent way too much time setting the scene here yeah I am so deeply bored
1: yeah the last two hours were really interesting Cillian Murphy is oh, amazing the exactly. acting is incredible I can acknowledge that okay I was very shocked and this isn't. A spoiler for the movie it's just telling you about a character that's in the movie albert einstein shows up at a lake like within the first couple minutes of the film who knew he was alive at the same time as oppenheimer i honestly spent most of the movie being like huh i didn't realize he was alive during world war ii
0: i will say i have that happen to me quite often where i feel like someone from the very far past and it was like they were alive in the 1980s and i'm like wait what I yeah, I <laughs> thought this was like from the olden times, like around yeah. when the Bible was written. I didn't, what? What's happening?
1: Yeah, Picasso.
0: Yeah, wait, like wasn't, when was he alive?
1: I think like the 70s.
0: Yeah, that's wild to me.
1: Right. Yeah. Shocking. So that was, that's my review of Oppenheimer. Really okay. long. And who knew Albert Einstein was alive at the same time? Those are, <laughs> those are my two points. Mean Girls was. Very campy, very kitschy. It's a musical, full out. Oh, it's me- it's mostly music.
0: Maybe I don't want to say it anymore.
1: Yeah. Renee Rapp, I actually, in my Letterbox review, I put that I would watch Renee Rapp eat cereal like anything she does. I'm so invested in. But the girl that plays Katie Heron TikTok is like going after her because she's not as good of a singer as the Broadway version of Katie Heron.
0: Okay. And I agree with
1: that. Like some of the songs kind of fell flat and the zippy one-liners didn't have as much zip, which was kind of devastating.
0: Was Tina Fey in this one?
1: Yes. And she has not aged a day. Good for Tina Fey. Bloody yeah, love her. She's crushing. And then my last review is Saltburn. What a movie. It was so Good. There are probably five extraordinarily disturbing and shocking scenes that I will tell you nothing about. I just ask that when you're watching it, you take very detailed notes in your head of what is going through your mind, so that you can report back to me because I've just never seen anything like it. But Jacob Elordi is the most beautiful man alive, and Barry—he's having
0: a real moment.
1: Yeah, and I think in contrast with Barry Keoghan who he is such a scary looking man. I know people think that he's hot, but I just like, I can barely even look at him.
0: Yeah, but everyone's like obsessed with him after this. So he obviously has like some sex appeal or something.
1: No, he's very talented, but, and then Rosamund Pike is so funny. She's amazing. So I think you would love Saltburn. That's my top so far. And I desperately need to watch the new Sydney Sweeney Glenn powell rom-com
0: oh yeah there's been so many even i know there's been rumors like following the set and making of that sh- that one so yeah sydney sweeney and renee Rapp in my mind are the same person and it really confuses me
1: they are so different in like who they are and how they show up on the press junket don't they also look they're both blonde sydney sweeney i think is a l- slightly older and renee rap can yeah. sing
0: i'm googling them they may as well be the same person please okay
1: they're very different but
0: i'm gonna do a side by side for the everybody side with me or kelly on this
1: tv show wise have you watched fool me once yet on netflix
0: no what is that
1: okay it's based on a book by the same author as the show safe that you recommended okay very much the same style like every episode is kind of a whodunit
0: oh yes like me. the husband yeah yeah yeah. I, that's on our my personal to watch list because it's not yeah. like Seb's jam
1: you will love it it's so good And there was an interview with the main actress in it. And she was talking about kind of her path to fame and her role now in this Netflix show. And she was apparently used to star in a soap opera. And she talks about how soap operas are this great breeding ground for acting and learning about acting and how to be on great shows. And I just thought it was so funny because I know you and me have talked before about how like Margot Robbie was on some Australian soap opera or drama show, but really interesting. So you'll love, love, love that show put it on my list
0: the other one i have on my list of like upcoming things dropping in 2024 is the gentleman they're releasing that was a movie and it was amazing beautiful strange obsessed okay it's coming out in 2024 as a series and i cannot wait so that's a movie wreck into a coming tv wreck
1: okay love and then did you guys listen to any audiobooks or podcasts or anything on your road trip? yeah
0: i was saying to kelly like we've been revisiting brooklyn Nine-Nine as a oh show God, it's loved. so good it's timeless go and watch it if you want something fun easy light make you giggle that's the show for you but otherwise yeah we were driving we drove from brisbane to melbourne so that's like 19 hours of driving or something to that end Ooh. so we did some audiobooks and we picked Brene brown love her who i feel like everyone has heard of she is a researcher and thought leader and she i think became pretty well worldwide renowned for a ted talk she did on vulnerability and so the audiobook we listened to was daring greatly and it's all about like how to have the courage to be vulnerable and transform the way we live love parent for those relevant and lead and the book really comes back to the famous quote by teddy roosevelt about it's not the critic who who counts Mm. not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst if he fails at least fails while while daring greatly so i mean she's done a ton of research like this is all very evidence-based but like how you can employ it in your life and it really talks about how every day we experience uncertainty risks and emotional exposure that define what it means to be vulnerable or to dead greatly and whether it's an arena like a new relationship a meeting creative process difficult family conversation Like we must find the courage to walk into vulnerability and and engage with whole hearts. And it is just awesome. Like it's a reminder that for me personally, like whenever you are like reacting to something, it's usually because you're feeling vulnerable or feeling shame. It's like one of those two pieces. And the better you can navigate that within yourself, the easier it is to kind of articulate that to those in your life and show up true to your value system. Because that can be really hard to do when we feel fearful. And so anyway, it's I think a really good one to sink your teeth into in the view of it's a new year. You've probably sat back and reflected on goals, what's coming next. And we also listened to Dead Elite on the way back down, which has a lot of similar themes and how you stay curious and ask the right questions and come from a place of curiosity, not a place of knowing and all just really good Messages to be reminded of. So, this is definitely one I'm buying in hard copy to have
1: close to Mm -hmm. me and
0: highlight key points. But I feel like it's a really good one for upcoming book clubs of yours, Kel, potentially. Yeah, I love that. I think it's easy because she's gotten so famous to now dismiss renee brown and the the concepts in the book i've even done that being oh do i really need to listen to it but in listening to it again you're like no this is actually really fantastic
1: stuff yeah and she correct me if i'm wrong she's super qualified right doesn't she have a crazy background and kind of
0: oh yeah she's like a phd she spent decades researching and collating human studying human behavior so it's not someone who's maybe led a business and is providing insights. This is fully based on like a big sample size of people, multiple years and decades of research. So that's a big reco from my end. And hey, if you don't have the time to just sit down and read a book, audio I know are the enemy of some of those book lovers out there, which also used to be the case for my husband, but he was like, wow, that was actually like a really good way to do it.
1: There are also, I'm of the opinion that there are some books That are so good to listen to via audiobook. And I would assume that would be a good one, along with memoirs, especially when they're read by the author. And essays books of essays
0: we're listening to one at the moment around the sixth great extinction Mm. and because with anything that has environmental layers in it it's heavily based in science and research so sometimes for me reading through it because I don't understand how to even pronounce some of the technical words I get very lost in it Mm. and it feels like more effort so those kind of things on an audiobook are awesome because someone else is like navigating the complexity of pronunciation and what have you and you're just getting to take it in Yeah. So I think there's definitely certain genres that fit really nicely into audiobooks if people are open to it. Okay. Love that. That's everything from us. I think that'll keep people entertained for the next
1: week. Let us know if there's any other recommendations you need. We can always scrounge something up. So we're here for you.
0: We are. In general, (laughs) that's our theme. That's our byline, whatever a byline
1: is. Yeah, that's nice.
0: So that closes out our first episode of 2024. Woo! Please share it with people you think might like us in their ears. We want to hear what you think. Your ideas, send us news topics, send us content recs. Please get in the inboxes of Kelly or myself or the pod Instagram.
1: And on that note, you can expect to see our episodes drop in the US on Thursdays and in Australia very early Friday mornings.
0: All right. Well, that's Mm -hmm. everything for me. It's been really fun talking to you, Bestie.
1: Same. I'm devastated that we have to say goodbye, but have a great rest of your day, I love you.
0: Love you too. Bye everyone.